Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrits Podcast. This is your post-match reaction to Rangers 3, Aberdeen 2 at Petodri tonight. It's an absolutely fantastic result for Rangers. Maybe not the performance, but we will get into that. Craig, you're joining me tonight. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Actually quite glad to be on tonight after a win. Normally when I'm on with you, it's after a defeat. So um, it's, it's nice to be on after a win, but obviously plenty to talk about as well. In that performance, I can't believe the Connor Goldson slander I'm seeing in the comments already. Absolutely shocking. Um, everyone's entitled to, to their opinion, I guess, but it's absolutely wrong on Connor Goldson on the most part in the comments at the moment. Yeah, you've went in early. You went in two-footed there. <laughs> but, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised the way you're feeling tonight. I think, I think building up to this podcast, I, I felt I was going to be in that situation tonight where I had to come on and, and do a match review again after a poor result for Rangers. But thank God for Scott Arfield uh, saving the day at the end there. So we'll get into it. There's quite a lot to get through tonight. Um, thanks for everyone joining, getting involved in the comments. Um, I'm sure that, um, yeah, um, you'll be loving that response from Craig there about your comments about Golden. But please get involved. Uh, what to hear from everyone about all this. Tonight, a really good, really good, like I said, result for Rangers. Um, we'll get into it, Craig. Let's have a wee chat about the lineup to begin with, just before we start out of the game. Uh, Rangers lined up tonight. I'm going to have to remember this off the top of my head because I'm not taking it as a note, but I believe it was Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, James Sands, Adam Devine. We had a midfield two, I believe, of Jack and Kamara. And then ahead of him, we had Kent, Thielman, Sakala, and Morelos. What were your thoughts originally on that lineup for Rangers tonight? Um, I think it was pretty much as I expected. There was some discussion last night in the preview with Adam and Patrick around is Michael Beale going to stick with Kamara, Jack, and then keep an input Lundstrom in there as well. I think John Lundstrom has been a mainstay for much of much of the season so far, and we've not really seen him dropped at any point. I've 
I thought I was concerned about that. I think the, the TII Twitter account actually tweeted a, a predicted lineup of um, Jack Kamara and Lundstrom as a midfield three, and that is absolutely not the way you should be approaching a game at Pataudry. I don't think. I think we should be looking to be more attacking, and thankfully Michael Beale did that, although it only seemed to work for 20 minutes, as I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, but outside of that, the real surprise was, was Connor Goldson, I think everyone on the, the pre-match podcast um, predicted that uh, Ben Davies would be the one that started the game, probably alongside Leon King, but James between Leon King and James Sands, probably he, he could go either way on that one, to be honest. Um, but I think Conor Goldson starting was, was a surprise. I thought he would be more suited, I guess, for the, the Ross County game on Friday, just to give him a, a few more training sessions. So, so he would be more suited for the Ross County game on Friday and then the Motherwell game uh, on the 28th, just to just to get him up to speed for the, the Old Firm game. So to see his name on the team sheet tonight was um, was a bit of a surprise. I think he, he laboured through quite a lot of the game, to be honest, and he looked like a man that, that was, um, I guess, the, the old adage of probably passed a fitness test and, and the warm-up kind of thing to make the game. So... Um, he did look like he was struggling, especially when he had to get up to a sprint. Um, he looked, I don't know if that was maybe nerves over what if the injury reoccurs or if it was actually he was still feeling it a wee bit. I'm not entirely sure, but we'll come on to that, I guess, as well. Well, yeah, good friend of the show here, Scott Mitchell, he says that um, Golden's about and crutches criticising him after tonight is way off the mark, I think. I think that's pretty fair. Listen, I think all the players probably have a wee bit of criticism tonight. I think that second half performance wasn't great, but uh, Conor Golson probably is someone that we need to give a wee bit of time. Um, he's been out for a while. It's the first long-term injury we've seen from Conor Golson for a while. So, yeah, I think we need to be a wee bit more patient with him. But listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. and we, I, I'm keen to get dug into that later on in the pod, so so we will do that. So, regarding some of your comments in the lineup there, Craig, yeah, I agree with mostly everything you said. I was a wee bit surprised not to see John Lundstrom. I actually agreed with the TII Twitter account today that I felt that it would maybe be a three of Jack Kamara and Lundstrom. Um, I thought that the game would maybe not pan out in the way it did tonight, but I thought Aberdeen would be really, really aggressive. And I think you've seen that from the, the first five minutes tonight. They were... I wouldn't say their press was a great press, but they were definitely putting us under more pressure than they did Celtic at the weekend. And I thought that midfield of Jack Kamara and Lundstrom made a, we would have maybe battled against that a wee bit better. Saying that, I don't think John Lundstrom was great when he came on the part tonight. So that, that think, that's maybe not the best really way to look at it. I think yeah, he's really struggled I, this season. And yeah. I, that was part of the reason why I was concerned about him coming into that midfield because out of Jack Kamara, if he's playing alongside Jack and Kamara, he's going to be the one that has to take the ball at all times. And, and dictate the tempo and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think he's really up to it going by his form so far this season. And I think we saw it when he came on again. He was he was a bit rash in some tackles, although I don't think he was he warranted his yellow card um for, for, for the tackle that he had. Um but he he struggled on the ball. We the whole team struggled on the ball tonight if we're if we're brutally honest. I think Ryan Kent was the only one that got vaguely close to looking like a professional footballer at times. Um I think we kicked the ball out of the park left, right and centre with easy with really simple passes as well, which was a concern. But we, we got the three points, but the, we'll come on to the performance, I guess, and, and how much of a concern that is. Yeah, I think the only other discussion point for me was lineup was was Sakala. I think I felt that maybe Sakala would drop out for one of those three to take his place. But 
Again, maybe I was proven wrong. That was the right decision to play Sakala tonight because he did get the goal. I mean, you can see that from David Reed here. Two, two matches, Sakala plays in that role that suits him. Two goals. So it probably is a player that is probably underappreciated by a lot of the Rangers fans. Um, I think there's reasons for that. Maybe sometimes it's a wee bit raw in possession, but he's certainly someone that will grab you goals. So it's maybe something I need to come around to, the fact that, you know, Sakala should be playing more games. So we'll get we'll get stuck into the game then. Um First of all, the kind of first note I have here is the camera angle was awful. I don't know if anyone noticed that in, in Sky Sports tonight, but I, I don't know what happened. It, you know, it was it was a squint angle. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Petorzi tonight with the coverage. Uh, yeah, so that was the first note I had. I, I, I've got noted here that it was a bit of a slow start for us. You know, Aberdeen were pressing us high up the park. We were a wee bit loose in possession, and, I, and I've got that noted in the first half. So I, I don't even know how to describe it in the second half, to be honest with you. And yeah, I felt maybe around the 10-minute mark, we, we started to get a wee bit of control of the game. And then, yeah, in the 11th minute, we, we get the goal. Um, I think it's really, really good work from Morelos on the right-hand side. He plays a 1-2 with Ryan Jack. Um, and then he cuts the ball back to Sakala, I believe, who has a bit of a mishit, but he gets lucky with the rebound, comes back to him. And yeah, he takes his chance well, and we're 1-0 up. How did you think about the goal at that point, Craig? Good, a good time to get it? Because I didn't think we started the game that brightly, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, I think when you go to places like Petodre, Tynecastle, Easter Road, first ten minutes is all about getting your foot in the ball and and set, settling into to the tempo of the game and almost asserting your authority on the game and starting to take control of of the football and the tempo and starting to assert your style on the game as well. I don't think we necessarily got into that particularly quickly tonight, but I think we were still making inroads in that way. And actually, I thought the first twenty minutes was the best we played the whole game. So how much that says about the rest of our performance, I'm not entirely sure. But I thought um, for the goal itself, I thought it was it was a bit unexpected. I always caught it by surprise. It was just, I, I didn't really expect to see the ball hit the back of the net. It didn't look like a Sakawa had struck the ball particularly well, but it was obviously straight between Kel Roos's legs. Um, and yeah, you're obviously, you're always delighted for a, an early goal. I thought um, Alfredo Morelos was particularly good for that goal and he deserves a lot of credit for the work he did out, out wide um, and even his ball into Sakala from from that wide right position was um, was was really good and I thought Alfredo Morelos at that point was he was he looked as though he was willing and happy to take the game to Aberdeen and he's always up for games against Aberdeen especially and I thought I thought we were going to see that kind of Alfredo Morelos we're, we're used to seeing in these games um, and then I guess we saw bits and pieces of it, but he did disappear out of the game later on. Yeah, I think we can say that for every player in the park tonight, to be honest, especially in that second half. They just they seemed to vanish. But I thought, it, I thought it was a really good goal from Rangers, actually. I thought probably it was a really good passage of play from us on that right-hand side. I, I did think it was pretty poor defending from Aberdeen, if I look at it objectively. Um, I didn't think they were great, you know, covering that ball in behind. Um, so, yeah, really really good from us, um, capitalised on that. And, yeah, it was a really good start for us. Unfortunately, I think we've seen what we've always seen from this Rangers team in, in maybe the last six months to a year and that when they do get seem to get ahead in a game, they just seem to take the foot off the gas in one way or another. It's not necessarily not pressing high anymore. It's just losing possession you know, mistakes happening all over the park. We, I think we've seen that tonight. We got the goal and I think the players felt it was a wee bit, a wee bit too comfortable. Um, and I think that gave Aberdeen a way back into the game. We'll move through it then. I've got another note here. Yeah, great work from Tillman in the edge of the box. He flicked it around the corner to the byline, cuts it back to the Melos and, and Roos makes a save. 
And then I've then got a few notes about Aberdeen. I think this is probably the, around the time Aberdeen started really coming into the game, around the 20th minute. Um, I thought it was too easy for Richardson on the right-hand side. He gets past Devine. He swings the ball to the back post, and I think it comes off Tavernier's shoulder and it hits the post. I know there was a lot of a checks for that on VAR. Craig, we'll just settle it now. Penalty for you? Yeah, absolutely not. I think there's a part of the handball rule is that if it's above the the, t- the short sleeve t-shirt um, line, then it doesn't count as a handball, isn't it? So, and that was definitely it was off the t- the, the top, like it was off his shoulder. So, um, yeah, I think we we're quite lucky it hit the post, to be honest, but. Um, he, he got a nudge in the back as well at that point, so I'm not sure how much we could blame James Tavernier uh, for that one. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I, I, there was definitely a lot of VAR checks tonight. It was if they were desperate for something that, <laughs> to do with Rangers in that box, but yeah, that wasn't a penalty for me. Um, yeah. I think no, Tavernier's. I, I would like to say, I think in that first 20 minutes, and we were all talking in the TII group chat about we should go and smash this lot. Tonight, the way we were playing and the way we were just cutting through them and the way we were uh, moving the ball, it felt like we could we could cut them open at will at that stage. And we, we were all talking about we we should take the initiative here and we should take we should um, get a second goal and we could score a lot. Um, I think was the was the kind of theme of the chat at that point. And um, we we didn't manage to get that second goal. I think if Alfredo Morelos is um, shot goes in it's an entirely different entirely different night uh, for all of us but we we didn't take any of our I think that Alfredo Morelos chance might have been been our last chance that we had for about 50 minutes of the game um which was was really concerning and it was just after that that Aberdeen started to come into the game more and started to um take a bit of control and push up the park a bit um which was a concern that we weren't able to arrest that anytime soon you normally you try and um i don't know whether it's becoming a bit more combative or you're just trying to get your foot in the ball for five ten minutes and and control the possession again but we never managed to get that for the rest of the first half and that was that was a real concern and heading into this half time i was really even before aberdeen's equalizer which i'm assuming we'll come to in a second but before that you're almost thinking right michael beal needs to get us back into back into the dressing room, hopefully 1-0 up and reset almost. This is pretty similar to what he did against Hibs, just reset reset the, the formation, reset the mindset and, and get us back to playing the football that we know he wants us to play. Yeah, I, I think as fans, you're allowed to have the the opinion of that we should be going to, to places like Petaudry, Easter Road, Tynecastle and, and, you know, battering these teams really I think as a fan you're allowed to feel that way but I think we may be seeing a wee bit tonight that the players maybe felt that after that first goal they'd got in the first 10 minutes it was like this is going to be a bit of a comfortable evening uh, we've seen how Aberdeen set up at the weekend against Celtic and they're not really going to come out here they'll maybe just sit in and try and keep it as tight as possible uh, yeah I think that's incorrect I think anyone that understands the the fixture between Rangers and Aberdeen as you know that Aberdeen will always raise their level I think there's been a few discussions on Twitter this week this week around the, the statistics of Aberdeen facing Rangers and Aberdeen facing Celtic it, it, you know there is a there is some sort of a rivalry there I'm not sure how much Rangers fans care about that to be honest but there definitely is a rivalry from the Aberdeen side and the players definitely raise their game because the fans do in nights like these so yeah, I think the players maybe get caught up in it a wee bit. It's maybe a bit of a shock for the players to go ahead so early. Um, and I, I know I seen a comment earlier from 
from Ian Campbell and myself who was saying they agreed with me, which is rare. So thanks, Ian. Uh, not many people agree with me. But yeah, I think he was saying it was too easy. And yeah, and I think we all thought it was going to be one at halftime and, and then a chat with Michael. So yeah, I think I think the players maybe let themselves down a wee bit tonight. Of course, we'll come we'll, we'll contextualize that and we'll talk about it. They did get the result in the end, but we'll go we'll go finish off the rest of the first half. Um I've got a few notes here. Actually, it might be something worth discussing at the moment because we might not have time at the end. I've got noted here that, you know, I thought Morelos started really well. I thought you kind of seen the old Morelos tonight and that really understanding when to move the ball quickly, when to use his body, flick balls around the corner. You obviously the great work for the goal. What did you think about Morelos tonight, Craig? Did you think we maybe seen someone coming back to his best. I think we all know that you only really see the best of Morelos once he gets a run of games. And of course, it was only one game he had against the Bernie last week. But is it is this maybe the good things to come for Morelos? I think we saw positive signs against Hibs last week um, of what Morelos could do. I think tonight we saw less of that. I think he did he did really well in the first 20 minutes, I would say, um, of the game. He did really well down the the right hand side for the for the goal, as I said, and he worked the space well for his, his shot on target. Um, just after that, I think after that he started to drop deeper. Um, he was picking the ball up at the halfway line at times, and I always get a bit nervous when Alfredo picks the ball up at the halfway line because, to be fair to him, his passing seems to have improved since Michael Wheels came back in. But he can be a bit wayward with his cross field balls that he likes to play and. Um, and I always get a bit nervous when he drops that deep, but he did seem to be dropping deeper. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that was an instruction or he just naturally kind of gravitated towards towards that space to try and pick up more of the ball. Because I think after the 20th minute, he wasn't really getting much service and he kind of started to disappear out of the game and he wasn't making as much of an impact as as you would like to see him. And it, but he wasn't getting the service either, which was, which was part of the issue. And we were at, at that stage, we were starting to give the ball away too cheaply and um, the ball was breaking, tending to break down around the edge of the box because we were we were trying to find our way through, but unsuccessfully. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think it's early days for Morelos. I think it's it's going to be a long time before fans are fully convinced of Alfredo Morelos again because of the few, uh, let's say, antics we've had from him this season. But I, I, I certainly felt in the first half that we definitely seen some of what we know Morelos for in this Rangers team and um, definitely able to hold the ball up for his get us up the park. And I think you're right. I think I think it's not just um, under Beal, to be honest. I think over the last couple of years, we have seen Morelos' passing get a lot better. He obviously loves that switch across the park. He just, he's obviously nailed that down in training. He thinks I need to do that every game. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely something that Alfredo Morelos has improved upon lately. We've got a few comments here. I mean, Craig Marshall clearly doesn't agree with us on Alfredo Morelos, which is completely fair. That's fine. We all see the game differently. <laughs> I just thought we'd bring that comment up. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Um, I've got I've, I've got a few other uh, comments here around the thirty-six minute mark. Uh, Ryan Kidd beats a man at the age of box. He plays in Sakala, who smashes it across goal, and it's cleared by Aberdeen. I felt at this point. Aberdeen were really starting to sit a lot deeper and their midfield wasn't coming back and there was a lot of space on the edge of their box and I just felt if we were a wee bit more clinical and took a wee bit more care in possession, that was something we could have really capitalised on. We didn't. Um, and as I'll move on to there, um, it's around the, I think it's the I think it's the 44th minute I've got here about the free kick from Duke. Just want to pick up on the build-up to that free kick. Um 
before we get into it, because I'm sure that you're going to have some comments on that that free kick goal from Duke. Um, I thought the the build up from Rangers in terms of losing the ball was really poor here. Um, the ball played into Sakala, who I know that's not really his game to come in and hold the ball up, but he's just he's he's not got enough strength in possession. The ball gets flicked. James Sands is then very rash. He rushes out, rushes out. He gets turned. He's get caught in behind. And, and listen, he has to make the foul because he's caught out of possession and, you know, out of position, sorry. And, and he gets booked. And that's probably why he ends up coming off, to be honest, because he looked a bit rash all night with that booking. So I was really disappointed with the build-up to that free kick. Obviously, then we look at the free kick. Look, you can look at this two ways. Really good execution from Duke. Um, he bends it in the top corner, but I think from a Rangers point of view, um, I think Alan McGregor will be a wee bit, you know, he'll, he'll be, be looked at a wee bit in that one positions. Why? What do you think in that one, Craig? Are you, you going to give Duke the credit for this one or are you going to say that Alan McGregor should have done better? Where do you fall? Yeah, well, before I go into the free kick itself, um, just want to talk to you a bit about the build-up, I guess. Dougie1872 says, thought James Sands had his worst game for us. Was it fault for both goals, in my opinion? I think it's his worst domestic game he's had for us. He's had some pretty bad Champions League nights for us as well, I think. But I think it was his his worst domestic game um, that he's had for us so far. And I think that was, I guess, the start of, of his bad play. I think from from my perspective anyway was the build up to this goal. Like you say, I think Fashion Sakala needs to do better. I don't think I don't think it's wrong for us to expect Fashion Sakala to do better in that um in that space. I think ultimately he's a professional footballer, he should be able to control a football. I don't think that's too much to ask. And for it to bounce off so far away from him, um the especially in the position of the pitch he was in as well. Um I th- I don't think it's it's un unrealistic for us or unfair for us to, to expect Fashion Sakala to do more. I don't I, I think after that our defence didn't react to the situation at all well. And I think that was symptomatic of what was to come in the second half as well. I think our defence stopped or they were kind of caught in their heels quite a lot um when it came to reacting to to, to changes of possession in their own half or around the halfway line. And I think that's exactly what happened in James Sands. I think it was a good foul for him to make once he made the initial mistake. But I think at the same time, he, he, should, he shouldn't be making the initial mistake um, for that to come. Um, the free kick itself, yeah, instant reaction is to blame Alan McGregor. I think I do blame Alan McGregor for it. It was a well-hit free kick. It, it's gone completely the opposite side than any of us thought. It would go. It's come over the top of the wall, really flat. There's no looping. It's not like a bit. It's not like a looping dip free kick as such, and it just uh, comes in at the last moment. It hits the side netting, which is always a is always a hard one for goalkeepers. But the fact that it is Alan McGregor's side, it it takes a small step, but he's already standing quite centrally. So I don't know. I don't know if that's maybe made up Duke's mind um, as to what side he goes. I think Alan McGregor needs to. Needs to be saving that one, and but yeah, I, I I rate Duke as a player. I know you do as well, Ross. I think he's um I think he's an impressive player. I think it's about five hundred k from Benfica, um that Aberdeen signed him from, um and but yeah, I think he's a he's a he's a good player. He, he's obviously got a bit of quality about him when you saw that free kick, but the the timing of that goal just absolutely 
absolutely kills you. I was all I was at the stage where I was thinking, right, if we can get if we can nick a second goal before half time, then we'll just we'll kill them off. And it's just gone it's gone the other way and it's a bit of a sucker punch. Yeah, it's funny. See, at that point I was sitting with my friend watching the game. And I think because the game was kind of settled at that point, I went, this has got Aberdeen 2-1 written all over it. Do you know what I mean? Just that just that way I feel about Rangers sometimes when the game's just not, you can't see what way it goes. I always feel there's maybe something going to happen and then that free kick gets put into the top corner and obviously I'm like, oh no, here, that's the fear coming now. As for uh, James Sands, just before we move on and, and maybe talk about some other things, um, Andrew Spears says, uh, Sands was really poor tonight. Rangers were hesitant, slow, showed no aggression most of the game. Positive Kent playing better with a, a, a rolling role, I think he might be means to say there. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, re- I really actually like James Sands as a, as a player. Um, I think he does have a lot of qualities and that might not go down well here, but I'm not sure this kind of centre-back kind of experiment is working now. I think I've seen a comment earlier actually about that. I think it was David Reid there. Sands at centre-back expert in East End. King should be ahead of him. I'm kind of at the same point with this now and I think that's maybe the way that we'll see this go um, as for Alan McGregor I, listen I, I, I've had this discussion a few times with a few of my friends um, regarding goalkeeping positioning and uh, it's difficult when you haven't played that position and you always hear a lot of goalkeeper pundits saying you know I've heard criticism of X and that you should do this and in fact you're completely wrong so it's difficult when you haven't played that role it's so different it's difficult to criticise a goalkeeper. But for me personally, I think you're right in what you say there. It seems to take a step to his left as if he's anticipating the ball going over the wall to, to the far side. He clearly doesn't have a view of the ball. And I think that step kills him. And I think when you're beat at your near post, you're just always going to get criticised as, as a goalkeeper, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think Al McGregor needs to do a wee bit better there. Um, we'll obviously come on to the second goal. I think I think there was a few people suggesting he should have done better there, so we can get into that when we get there. But yeah, Al McGregor probably, yeah, didn't show himself in glory for that one, um, unfortunately. So yeah, we go into half time. Oh, sorry, sorry yeah. Ralph, just to touch on the James Sands point. I don't think the centre half um, experiment, I think, can be called an experiment when it lasts for three months. But I don't think the <laughs> experiment has um, has worked. I don't think, and actually, to be honest, it's. Knowing that is, I think is um, the agreed fee that we've to pay New York City AFC is four million or four and a half million. Um, for me, I don't think he improves our squad enough for us to to pay that money for him. I think he's a decent player. He's tidy, um, especially in that sort of that number six role um, in the midfield. But I don't think he's worth four and a half million pounds to Rangers, and I I would be very disappointed if we were to pay that that money for him um as we head into the summer as he comes to the end of his 18 month loan um i think we can get better players for less money i, th- I think it comes down to I-, I think you're right i think if the fee is rumored to be around the four million mark i can't see rangers making that permanent to be honest i would imagine rangers are going to go back to the table here and try and get that fee down and it's whether um, it's New York, I believe, New NYFC he's on loan from. It's whether they believe they can take the player back um, and try and, and, and raise his market value to sell him again and, and get him above that four or five million mark or if they feel, okay, it's maybe worth doing a deal here with Rangers and we're going to get something for him. So that'll be an interesting one to see play out. Um, I'd like to see James Sands be given a chance in midfield more for the rest of this season to see really what he can offer us. The problem we've got is we do have a lot of options in there and I'm not sure he's going to get ahead of the likes of Jack, Kamara, Lundstrom, 
We've obviously got Hadji to come back. Lowry's battling for a place. Thielman, you know, as the, the competition's fierce in there. So that's going to be a tricky one. Um, but yeah, I can see another comment here from Scott Mitchell saying, capable player, he's not a centre-half, sadly, and he, and he plays in a position we don't need filled. And I think that's the perfect way to sum it up, to be honest. Feel sorry for the player, um, but it is what it is. That's playing for Rangers, and you, you've got to give it all wherever you play. So, yeah. We'll, we'll move on then. Um, obviously, we go in at halftime, one each. Um, I don't know if it's worth really talking about our feelings at that point, Craig, because I'm sure you were as flat as I was, considering that you are at that point in the game where you just want to get to half time really, and just sort a few things out and hope to come out, maybe get that kind of performance we've seen against Hibs last week, just that kind of rejuvenated energy. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Um, I've got noted here, you know, around the 49th minute, Aberdeen have started better. I felt Rangers were very slack in possession. I felt that was something all night from Rangers tonight. I just thought the turnovers or possession were really poor from us. I didn't think that the the players are really under a lot of pressure on the ball and the ball was just being turned over. And I think really that's what Aberdeen were playing for. They're playing for those kind of transition moments and we just set them up for it, to be honest, and, and that's where they've got their goals. Um, but yeah, we, we get to the 52nd mark. It's really poor defend from us. I think it's down Aberdeen's left-hand side. I think Tavernier's done, doesn't defend well enough. Ball comes across to James Sands. He kind of sclaffs at it, hits it to the edge of the box. Um, the ball sits up on the volley for Leighton Clarkson and he volleys it bottom right corner. First of all, what I'll say is fantastic technique. Um, I think I said something about this for, I think it was Campbell for Hibs earlier this season. It was a good volley. Sometimes you just need to hold your hands up. You can obviously pinpoint certain points for Rangers where there's points of error and we should have done things better. And that's absolutely, we should have defended better. But I think we do sort of say it was once he got there, it was a great strike. Um, what are your thoughts about this goal, Craig? Mainly about the defending here, um, especially when we, you know, you expect the team to come out rare in the second half, and we just didn't get that at all. Yeah, I think for the first seven minutes of the second half, we were all over the place. We didn't get near any second balls whatsoever. Um, so someone I think said we were third to every second ball um, out, out of the out of the game because. Um, Aberdeen, there was pretty much two Aberdeen players getting there before a Rangers player would get there. So I think it was really disappointing to see how we started and it wasn't quite the, the reset that I'd hoped for at halftime from um, Michael Beale and the management team and the players. I, I was hoping that we would manage to get a grip before Aberdeen started, created a, a decent chance. Unfortunately, we didn't. Um, I don't think, for all the that we were a bit concerned about Aberdeen when they when they were going forward and having a goal. They didn't create many chances against as many clear-cut chances. And even both their goals, obviously, a set-piece in, in terms of the free kick. And then for this second goal, the ball is kind of a, it's a nothing cross, just to, trying to get it into the, the danger area. Um, I think J James Sands panics almost like he sees it late but I don't know how he sees it late because it comes from pretty much the other side of the pitch he panics um, he kind of scoffs at it a wee bit and Leighton Clarkson who I think is a good is a decent player um, he's definitely got a good right foot on him anyway um, he has the time to control it wait for it to come back down and then volley it into the the bottom right hand corner i would be i think for me i saw a lot of people blaming james tavernier um for his role in, in the goal i didn't it wasn't great but i don't think he was at fault for it i think you have to look at james sands again and then the player who should have been tracking Leighton clarkson because Leighton clarkson's a midfielder that's ran into that 
edge of the box position. And I think Ryan Jack is the man actually that there's that's not tracked his man there. And he's you can see him in the replays when he was he was sort of five to ten yards off Leighton Clarkson at that stage when he should have been when he should have been beside him. So I think there's there's many players at fault for that goal, but I, I don't think James Tavernier's by any stretch of the imagination the, the worst culprit for that one. It was a really disappointing goal to lose. Again, it felt like they've not created anything else other, other, other than that chance in the second half by that stage. We seem to, it seems, it's not just this game, it seems to be week after week, we just get hit by teams taking every single chance they get against us. I don't know how we, we stop that. It's poor defending quite a lot of the time, but you are starting you start to question the goalkeeper again at, at these stages. And, and for me, a, a goalkeeper is top of the priority list for for um, for either January for someone coming in, in the summer or definitely in the summer. We need a, a refresh in that position. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think um, it does feel a wee bit unlucky at the moment. Teams taking their chances. I think I checked the... And I know a lot of people don't like this, but I think I checked the XG earlier for the game. Um, I think it was around the 85th minute mark, and I think Aberdeen's XG was 0.57. So, yeah, they've scored two goals in that. At the end of the day, yeah, maybe these statistics don't really matter. It's just all about the result. But it's an interesting way to look at it. It's They've not really created much tonight, Aberdeen, but they've managed to get the two goals. So it is disappointing from our perspective on that one. Uh, an interesting point here I want to discuss about, because it's probably the, the first time we would We'll really mention the manager here. On the 59th minute, he makes four substitutions. Now, I'm not sure, I might be wrong in this, but I'm not sure we ever seen that under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And, and we might have seen it in a game where we were up maybe two or three nil. I think that's slightly different, but I don't think we ever seen it in a game where Rangers were really under pressure. You know, they were down, there was time constraints in the game. So he brought on uh, Ben Davies, John Lundstrom, Scott Arfield, and Scott Wright. And they took off, if I go through this right, James Sands, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara, and Fashion Sakala. That was the four that he took off. So I don't know how I'm doing this. <laughs> so I think at the time just before that, I actually think I put into the chat that I wanted to see John Lundstrom and Scott Arfield. And I just felt um, a game like that with so much space in the midfield, it really suits Scott Arfield, especially when he's coming into that game fresh. He is really good with his kind of late runs. We're obviously going to go on and talk about that at the end of this game. He had a few chances before that, but I think Scott Arfield's really good in these domestic games when there's space in front of the defence and there's, there's, there's bodies that he can carry with him on the run and he just creates space out of nothing. So I was really happy to see Arfield come on. Um, I would be lying if I said I thought it was going to go as well as it did, but it was a substitution I wanted to see. Um, what did you think about those substitutions, Craig? Probably the real first stamp from Michael Beale here that I'm not happy and things are changing. What, what did you think about it? Uh, first of all, I was happy that he made the changes because he was reacting to what we were seeing as well. We were we were seeing a dysfunctional team who was struggling to pass the ball, who was struggling to compete at the start of that second half, and he was obviously seeing the same. In terms of the four, I mean, you could have replaced any number of players on the park, to be honest. So I, I, I think that those four players were were picked because of the options we had on the bench. Um, Scott Arfield, I've been on this podcast for a number of weeks now, saying we probably shouldn't offer Scott Arfield a new a new deal at the end of this season. He's he's obviously on the the rolling sort of uh, one year contract that we give to players um, over a certain age and. I think, to be honest, games games like this at Pitodri, games at Tynecastle, games at 
Easter Road. Those are the games where Scott Arfield can actually thrive coming off the bench because these teams do have a wee bit of a go at us. They don't really sit in. They leave a bit of space. And I think you saw his, willing, his willingness to run beyond the forward players as well, which was how a couple of his chances were created before he, he got his goals. Um, I think he... And he had two decent strikes at goal as well beforehand as well. I thought he thought his volley was was if it was a class volley and it was a really good save from the goalkeeper. Um, and then his run beyond Malik Tillman for the for his second shot that he they hit straight at the keeper. He said he, he he said he knew the keeper was a big guy, so he tried to almost elevate it into the top corner. Um, in his post match interview, which he didn't quite get underneath it, and it just went straight at the keeper, which was disappointing but he, he was the one making stuff happen to be honest and he was pulling the, the defense around and into positions that they weren't being that wasn't happening beforehand ryan kent was getting on the ball and i thought ryan kent had a good game again tonight in that sort of um three role that they that he's been given under michael beal but i think he was really he was doing it in front of the defense rather than breaking through the defense whereas scott arfield was breaking through those lines and um creating different avenues for us to to take advantage of and I thought I, I I can't I can't praise Scott Arfield's performance enough when he when he came on tonight. He was a real difference maker for us. Yeah, you're you're being way too positive there before we've got through the negatives. You've just went right in. You've got caught up with the emotion of those late winners and you've just went for it. But listen, that's what it's all about. I'm so I'm sure we're all on a high after that. I totally agree with everything you said um about Scott Arfield there. I think I can really understand the discussion amongst Rangers fans around whether he gets another contract and uh, it's something that we're just going to see every single year because he is at that stage of his career. But I, I think tonight shows you why Scott Arfield was kept on and I think it's why he will be kept on again. Um, and, and I'm not going to stand here and pretend that I was one of the ones that wanted him to stay on. I didn't, but I, I, I'm now being proven wrong in that and I'm being shown that this guy has a role to play. Um, some games he will start and you maybe just won't see the best of him, but I do think this kind of impact role he has at the moment, um, or you'd like to think that's the role he's going to play under Michael Beal, we can really see the best of him. So uh, I can see that from Caroline as well. She agrees. Arfield pulls out a hole again, and yeah, we will we will move on to that. Trust me, we will get there. Um, I just wanted to bring this up this point from Frankie Goodwin. Um, XG, the worst that ever to be given relevance. Listen, that's fair. That's fine. I'm a big HG man, but uh, not everyone is, and <laughs> that is completely fair. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll move on a wee bit, just a wee bit more negatives until we get to the positives, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I had a note around the kind of 68th mark, you know, that the game was kind of dead. We couldn't really string any passes together. There was a real lack of cohesion. I felt that the subs, of course, I felt they were going to be the, the positive for us in the long term, but I felt around that stage of the game, they took a wee bit of time to settle, and there was just there was not really any link-up between between players I think that's something natural unfortunately that happens we'll move on then um, I'll just skim over the kind of Arfield chances because you, you touched on them there the, the first one's the 75th minute from Scott Arfield um, he has a volley I believe and it's cleared off the line from McCrory um, and then we've got to the 79th minute again I've actually got noted here and uh, yeah it'd be good to hear your thoughts on this one Craig. I said Arfield must score um, that's on my note there I think Tillman Again, probably seen the best and worst of Tillman tonight in terms of consistency, but on the edge of the box and around the box, he's definitely someone that can just, you know, pick a lock there, plays Arfield through. He maybe is stretching a wee bit, but I think if he puts it either side of the goalkeeper, it's a goal. Um, what did you think about that chance? Should he have taken that one? Uh, I just touched on his first one, actually. Um, I know I mentioned, obviously, that 
after Alfredo Morelos he's shot in the 20th minute we didn't have anything for a while actually it was until the 75th minute and Scott Arfield shot on target that so that's what 55 minutes of play Rangers did not have a shot on target against Aberdeen and that I don't think that's acceptable in anyone's book um but especially especially tonight when we were chasing a when we were chasing a, a sort of a, um, a deficit against Aberdeen, it's, it's completely unacceptable. It took to the 75th minute to to have a, another shot on target. I thought he did well with the first one. I thought it was just a good save um, and then didn't quite have anyone in there quick enough to, to pounce on that. I probably actually think if Antonio Cholak was playing, he would have, got, he would have been first to that, that one to react. Um, but I think the second one... He, Either side of the goalkeeper and it's a goal, pretty much is how how I see it. He said in his post-match interview, he tried to lift it and he didn't get underneath it, and um, but it was just it was a it was a weak effort at that point in the game when you when we needed something, we need something anything to to cling on to. And you're if you're you're thinking, well, we're back level with ten minutes left, you probably like right, like, we've got a chance here, let's give it a go. But after that, I actually kind of lost pretty much all hope that we were going to, um, that we had any chance of turning it around, maybe even quite a lot of hope of, of even getting a draw out of the game, but a draw a draw would have been absolutely, meant absolutely nothing to us, to be honest, it was all about getting the three points. Yeah, see, I've took you up here of the heights of the positivity, you're back down here, the negativity, how you felt at that point, that's, I'm doing a great hosting job here. I'm taking you each way, really getting to the emotions here, Craig, about your game. There was an interesting point here from, from Paul McGarrigal. Um, Ross, it was a handball from McCrory. I, am I missing something? Was there a handball? Well, there, was, there was a cross. I don't know what minute it was in, but there was a cross. And I think it might have been before our field chances. There was a cross that came in and I think it was Morelos was running across the... To, was run across the face of the defender to the front post. Ross McCrory just gets in and he clears it behind for a corner. Um, it looked to me, I saw some claims on social media that it was a stonewall penalty. For me, it, was, it wasn't it was even close to being a penalty, to be honest. I think it does come off his arm, but it's right, it's his arm's right beside his side. It hits it's coming stomach. back to me. It hits yeah, his stomach before it hits his arm as well. There's, there's no chance that that was ever going to be a penalty. To be honest, and I was, I was actually really surprised that 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 some people were claiming it was a penalty. I know that the um, I see I saw four lads had a dream Twitter account as well saying it was a stonewall penalty. That surprised me to be honest, and I think that was people were just getting desperate, and that that was that was the stage people were at. Just give us someone, give us something, anything. Just give us something, please. Yeah, I mean David Rudigridji here, not a penalty under the current rules. Arms are by his side, and I think. Um, it kind of reminded me of that penalty because, yeah, I didn't. I, I've now remembered it. Right, the game became a bit of a blur there, uh, preparing for this podcast. But um, I remember the 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 instant now, and it is by his side. And I think it just reminded me when you're at Ibrooks and there's a shot in the box, and you're not really sure of 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 what body part it's hit, and everyone just claims for a penalty. It was one of those ones, wasn't it? It was just like yeah. there, it could be in there. Um, Listen, if you don't claim for it, you don't get it. So <laughs> it's one of those ones where I think you look back and you go, yeah, I don't think that was a penalty. Not for me anyway. Um, I'm sure we all have our own interpretation of, of that rule. It's a wee bit con- inconsistent. But yeah, for me and Craig, clearly it, it wasn't a penalty for us. Yeah, and, and we'll move on to the the end of the game here. So the, the real positive stuff. Um, 
<laughs> it's funny, I'm just going to say that real positive stuff. I've actually got a note right before it saying atrocious second half, really, really bad. Appetite from the players completely lacking. Now, that last sentence there looks now ridiculous considering the, the mentality of these players to go and, and, and win this game. But at that yeah. time, that was the way I felt. I do think that, though, in that period of the last 10 minutes, you had Connor Goldson storming forward with the ball and then playing it straight out of the park uh, on two occasions in quick succession. You had Malik Tillman um, letting balls run and they were just going out the park as well. We weren't even getting close to being in the Aberdeen box to have a bit of a go. So I completely understand that, that note and it was kind of reflected how um, how I was feeling at that, that point as well. It was a bit like... I, I was. They were talking about how much injury time was was going to be added on. I was kind of like, I'd, I'd kind of fancy this game being over, to be honest, because I don't really, don't really want to watch any more of this. But how wrong was I? Yeah, well, I was the same, and I think that is the that is just that of being a football fan, isn't it? You're up and down all the time. Um, I I noticed a comment here from Curry Muncher, a wee bit off topic. Um, Curry, I actually don't know the mic that I use, to be honest. I'll need to look it up for you. If you get in contact with me on Twitter, I'll let you know, all right? So I know you've commented that before, so I'm very sorry for not getting back to you. If you if you give me a message on Twitter, I'll definitely get back to you on that. I'll look it up for you. Anyway, let's go on to the real positive stuff here. So 94th minute, um, I've got clocked here. Um, I'm going to, just because I know that he gets so much criticism, or he was getting so much criticism, I'm going to give a lot of respect to Ryan Kent here. Um, I've got it in capital, uh, I've capitalised it. Ryan Kent, again, uh, he's running through the middle, I believe, driving through the middle, takes it by a man, gets it onto his left foot and cracks a shot from the edge of the box. And I think this is a a real, um, I'm trying to think of the right terminology here. I think this shows what Rangers fans are, are screaming out for. We're not asking for Rangers, uh, for players to take shots from every possible angle, but this just shows you what can happen sometimes. Yeah. You get a good shot, it, the keeper spills it, and you've got someone like Scott Arfield who's so good at breaking into the box, and he puts it away. So, of course, Scott Arfield deserves a lot of credit. He's been brave. He's made that run. He's anticipating the goalkeeper dropping the ball. But I'd like to give a lot of uh, props there to, to Ryan Kent to keep going at that stage of the game. He, he does put in a lot of effort. I know it doesn't come off sometimes, but, you know, he's cut inside in his left foot and, look, he's got his back in this game. But what did you make of the goal, Craig? Yeah, to be fair, I do remember being extremely frustrated that John Lundstrom and what may have been the 88th minute where he tried a similar effort from about 35 yards out and it was straight down the keeper's throat and the keeper gathered it. Um, when Ryan Kent had a shot, I was just praying for anything to... To be on target, to be honest, and I didn't really expect the goalkeeper to spill it, but it's always the it's always the hope you have or the opportunity that, that you try and take. And one of the reasons why Ryan Kent would have taken on that shot was if I keep it low, I get it to bounce just before the goalkeeper he might spill it, and then hopefully someone will be on their on their toes and be able to finish it. And Scott Arfield was was first to react by a mile. He was actually part of me wondered if is he close to being offside, but he wasn't. He was. He was a mile onside and he ran past two Aberdeen defenders to get to that ball first. And it just um, it just highlights the desire he had at that stage of the game to just win it, win it at all costs or at least score at all costs. And um, it was a good finish when he got there as well because he had the keeper diving at his feet. Yeah, I, th- I think it shows all the, the qualities of Scott Arfield. You've seen the two chances he had before and he's probably unlucky not to score one of them. But again, he keeps going. And it's always something you're going to get from Scott Arfield. He's going to burst into the box at chances like that. And I think it just shows that we need to be a wee bit braver on the edge of the box. We need more players willing to take a shot. 
Um, Tom Lawrence was that guy. Um, we all felt that was the, the guy that was going to take up that role for us this season. Unfortunately, he's out with injury now. But yeah, really, really good goal from us. Um, I, I have to say, obviously, I did celebrate it, but I, I was still a wee bit flat just because I just felt I just felt a draw wasn't enough, and that's probably the attitude we all have as a Rangers as Rangers fans, to be honest. So that's not a bad thing. But we'll move on to the winner now. Um, yeah, it's the I've got noted here the ninety seventh minute. That might be maybe incorrect. It was maybe a minute before. Um, I've got Arfield wins it. You know, Kent picks it up in the midfield again, drives forward, plays it out to Tillman, I believe, on the right hand side. And I actually thought Tillman took a wee bit too long here. I thought he just wasn't getting the ball out of his feet, wasn't getting to the box. Again, just shows you what Malik Tillman can give you. Um, he is. I've seen a lot of conversation around Malik Tillman lately that he's not physical. I actually think the opposite. I think he's very physical. Um, I think it's maybe just having an understanding of when to move the ball quickly and when not to. And I felt in that situation he didn't. And, and it ends up he does really well, works a bit of space, clips the ball to the back post. I, I can't remember what actually happens at the back post. I don't know if the ball like bobbles off one of their defenders, comes back down. And uh, yeah, Scott Arfield puts it high. I think he doesn't, I don't think he connects with it great, but he puts it high like you spoke about earlier. And yep, he's Scott Arfield's won it for us. He's won the game, you know. First of all, feelings in that moment, because I I think if we're honest here, I don't think Rangers really deserve the three points tonight. And again, is that something that we, we should be striving for under Michael Beale, that this kind of never say die, keep going, keep going, there's always something in the game? I think it's a complaint we've had for quite a long time, actually, not just, I think even going back to Steven Gerrard's time at the club, we there were very few games where if we were losing going into the last, 10 minutes that we would come out with the three points or even a point to be honest because you were more often than not you the game would just be seen out by the other team and and that would be that and we we see it time and time again on the other side of the city how often they keep going to the final whistle and how many times that they have um snatched victory from the jaws of defeat and even um when they've been drawn a game going into stoppage time they you know you always expect them to, to score the winner and we've not really had that mentality as a team I don't think um, coming through so it was refreshing to see it um, tonight it was um, surprising to see it tonight I didn't really kind of compute what was going on or expect it to happen so um, so it was it was great and then obviously I thought I thought um, when Willie Collin was doing the kickoff after the goal I was like I was because when I saw the replay, I was like, oh, that kind of looks like Connor Goldson's maybe used his arm a wee bit there. Um, but thankfully, they, they judged it to be sort of off his chest. And and we got the goal and the three points. And so that's two, three, two wins in the league in the past um, in the past five days. There's a lot, there's a lot to improve on. Um, and Michael Beale, I think it's really important that while we are happy with the result and got the three points, that he... Um, he focuses more on the performance and the level of performance we need to get to um to be successful at rangers and uh, going by we were speaking about it just before we came live ross going by how he looked at the end of the game when he was shaking hands with the the aberdeen staff he did not look happy in the slightest um there's uh i've got a small transcript from his interview i think um that one of the teams sent us through he said uh he doesn't Michael Beale said that he didn't want to be a party pooper, but we need to do better. We didn't look like we were together in the in the way we wanted to play. We made simple mistakes. We were maybe trying too hard. Uh, we can't expect too much too soon. He's only had twelve training sessions with the team. Um, 
he come here many times and played well and not come up with the results, so it's pleasing to get the three points. I think it's good that he's looking at that as being there's lots to improve on because there certainly is lots to improve on. Um, and I think ultimately we're happy with the three points, but if we keep playing like that, we're going to drop many, many more points this season and we really can't afford to drop any more points um, if we're going to give ourselves any chance of, of, of calling ourselves back into some sort of title race. Yeah, I think his I think his uh, demeanor at the end of the game was very telling, and I think it's something we want to see as fans, isn't it? That of course the the players can can enjoy the moment, fans in the ground can enjoy the moment, but I think the manager has to see the bigger picture, and I think he can see the bigger picture. I think he feels that tonight wasn't good enough, um, and we've seen it a few times. It's maybe something he's taken from Steven Gerrard as well, because we've seen it a few times under Steven Gerrard where Rangers were getting results and. And he would come out in the press conference after, or in the um, yeah, and it, he would just come out and he would he would give it that it wasn't good enough. I wasn't happy, and we obviously kind of seen that diminish towards the end when he was maybe looking for a move and he wasn't too bothered about results. But we definitely seen that in his early days, and it's maybe something Michael Beale's taken from him. So I'm really glad to see that. Yeah, Sorry, Rick. I think one of the one of the ways that fans start to buy into a manager is when they. They're, they're not being told that their eyes are lying to them. Effectively, I think sometimes under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you were you were watching. And he'd come out and say, "No, I thought we played well, and I thought we, um, I thought we deserved the victory." And you're you turn around to the guy next to you and going, "What game was he watching? Was that a completely different one to the to the one I was watching?" And I think when managers, the managers are honest with fans and they're seeing exactly, or they or they they talk about seeing what the fans are seeing. That's when I think a connection starts to come between fans, manager and team. And I think Michael Beale's comments have been promising on that front. I think that's exactly what I was going to say there. That was the phrase I was going to use was a connection. Um, I think fans start to build that that connection between the manager and they start to believe in everything he says. I think there was a wee bit with Van Bronckhorst where he was very it was he was very media trained, didn't really give a lot away. And and listen, a lot of managers have that style, so it's not really a criticism. Um, but I think uh, when you're at a club at Rangers, it, it means so much to so many people. You have to be able to bu- to buy into that manager. And I think that's what Steven Gerrard got really quickly with the support. And I think that's what bought him a lot of time. And that's probably the angle that Michael Beale's looking to go again. Um, he's looking to go down that route. And I think a lot of fans will buy into him when he's honest like that. Um, we all know that that wasn't good enough tonight in terms of performance. And if he comes out and he says that as well, then that's, that's only good for the future for us. Now, of course, listen... We're all football fans here. At the end of the day, you want a result, right? So at the end of the day, we got it. We got the result. Um, but of course, it's good for the manager's perspective to look at things as a whole. Um, and, I, and I like to see that from the manager. A couple of things before we finish up for tonight then, because I have been tracking the comments and there's been a lot of people getting involved tonight. So I really appreciate that. It's been a really good chat in there. You can see a lot of people interacting with each other, which is really good. That's what we're going for. I think there was a couple of comments here. I know we had the discussion at the beginning about Connor Goldson, and we've obviously given our thoughts on that. I've seen a couple of comments earlier about uh, Tavernier tonight. Um, I think there was one here from Kelly 1872. Uh, Tavernier's ranked rotten tonight. I think we've seen from Curry Monster. Uh, Tavernier's rotten whole game. Now, is there a wider discussion here to have on James Tavernier? Because... Um, I didn't think he was great against Hibs the other night either. Um, it's obviously everyone's a bit rusty coming back into it, but we know that he was... I believe he was carrying an injury before the break, right? Um, he so, said he admitted he was carrying yeah, an injury, so, didn't 
So this is what I always say. Don't ever believe anyone in any press conferences, guys. They just they're, they're just saying what they think is right to keep people happy. Um what do you make of James Tavernier? Um maybe not just tonight. What about this season, Craig? Is it a wider discussion? Because I think it has been a while now he's just been below par. And and the reason why I'm not I don't want to be too harsh is is it a you know, as he as he set that bar so high that when there is going to be an inevitable drop as he gets older, people just don't they just can't seem to grasp that. I don't mean that to sound condescending at all because I, I feel that way as well. It's not good enough this season. But are we being are we being too harsh in James Tavernier, or do we, should we expect more from the captain? I think there's a lot of contributing factors. I think he did set the bar insanely high last year, and we can't expect that to be replicated every single every single season. That was. That was the extraordinary season, not not the norm for James Tavernier. Um, he normally does contribute more than he has so far this season. Uh, he obviously had he had the big goal in the first game of the season against Livingston, and then he's struggled a wee bit since then. I think under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, he, the the fullbacks seem to be asked to sit back a little bit and not push forward and not um, not overlap and don't and almost cross from deep, which was a weird kind of tactic at the moment I think um, I think since Michael Beals came back I think in the Leverkusen game and in the Hibs game and even tonight James Tavernier was much further up the park and I thought he put in a few really good crosses tonight I don't think we can ever expect James Tavernier to be a great defender because he, he, he never has been and I don't think he ever will be to be honest and he's almost more important going forward for us than he is defensively and I think we need to remember that, that he will sometimes be caught out of the back. Nine times out of ten, the central defensive partnership should bail him out on that front. And it's part of the risk we take of pushing him forward. And um, obviously his quality of delivery is is really important to us or has been really important to us in the past. And it seems that Michael Beale's trying to trying to get that out of him again sort of this season as we go on. But I think it's a mixture of sort of tactics that, that the previous management regime were playing um, and obviously his injury was playing into that as well. And then he's he's at the stage where he's adjusting back to what he was doing before. I think, um, and I think there's a discussion to be had about Adam Devine on the other side, I think is okay as I think he's done in these two games. I, he's, the fact he doesn't have a left foot has really limited us at times. And I think when we see... Borna Barisic, or I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, Yilmaz come into to this side and seeing how and working with the movement that Ryan Kent's given us and the space that that leaves for a, a player like him to to kind of bomb up and down the line. I think that will be really, really exciting to see. But I think actually, if we're being completely honest, Adam Devine's doing as an ab- he's absolutely doing as a turn, and he's done he's done abs- he's done he's been fine at left back. He just doesn't have a left foot, and I think that has really limited our attacking options um, from the, from that perspective in terms of delivery into the box. And I, I think the sooner we can get a, a natural left back in there, the better, and we'll, we'll, instant, we'll see the improvements almost instantly. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. I think we've seen this under Stephen Gerrard with John Flanagan, I believe, um, cutting onto his right foot, and I just think defending against for teams it's a lot easier to defend against a fullback that's going to cut inside it's fine when you're uh, Manchester City and you've got a guy like Joe Cancelo who can play left back but he actually plays centre midfield and ends up in the right wing and, and you've got the technical ability of a player like that it's okay um, but I think as an Adam Devine is a young boy 
he's playing out of position and I'm always one that say a rule for myself. I'm never going to criticise a player that's playing out of position, to be honest, because, listen, I, I'm right footed. I know how difficult it is to, to play another side. Um, so I'm not going to criticise a young boy. Uh, but yeah, you're totally right. In terms of a tactical point of view, we'll definitely see a lot more fluid uh, football from us, I think, especially down that side, because he is he's, he's very keen on cutting back on his right foot. And listen, it's natural. I totally understand that. Interesting discussion point, though, about Tavernier, that, you know, there's a lot of different comments here. Paul McGarrigal thinks that Tav's been thinking too much about the defence. Um, Kyle 872 thinks sentimentality's got us into the mess. Tav is a problem. That's an interesting point of view. Um, but that is completely fair for me. I, I think you've seen over the years that James Tavernier has given us such a good service to Rangers. And I don't think he's done yet. I don't think the sentimentality comes into it right now. I still believe there's a player there, and I think you'll get more out of him with Michael Beale. He's maybe just taking a wee bit more, uh, a wee bit longer to get up to speed, should I say. Now, a couple of comments here that before we finish up. There's one here from Kenneth Rutherford said, Tav, Jack, Morelos, and Sands were awful. I don't think many people get past March tonight, to be honest, Craig. I think you said that about, about Ryan Kent and maybe a couple of others. There wasn't a lot tonight to really grab hold of, and I think Michael Beale will know that going forward. Um, so that's really good. So we'll finish up, Craig. Just just give me your kind of overall thoughts about uh, the result tonight. I know we've broken that down uh, a lot, um, and I can see a lot of people in the comments appreciating that, so that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. What do you think about... This result for Michael Beale, because if you had said, take the, the game state out of it and the performance out of it, if you had said to Michael Beale this morning, you're going to go to Putoji tonight, you're going to win the game 3-2, we would have all went, that's a really good result for him starting. Uh, you know, it's only second game as Rangers manager. How do you look at it for the context of this team going forward and context of the manager? Uh, well, I'm going to look at it personally from my point of view. Firstly, I'm, I'm thankful that Rangers got the three points and I can... I can continue to go on Twitter this week, and I can continue to listen to podcasts, and I can I can just go about my daily business um, as I have been in, in a positive frame of mind as we head into another game in quick succession of Ross County on on Friday night. But I think from the manager's perspective, it's it's good that we've managed to dig out a win when we've not been playing well and in such dramatic circumstances as well. It, it hopefully gives the players a bit of a boost and a bit of a lift and a bit of more belief that they that they can do it and that they can go on and beat these teams even when they're not playing their best. Um, and I think it will it, it keeps the the ball rolling as such for Michael Beale in terms of the feel good factor since he came in. I think that can that can come to a, a quite an abrupt halt um, if if we were to lose that game tonight, for example. I think I think the feel good factor can kind of turn into can kind of dull down a wee bit from from that perspective um and then um from the team's perspective hopefully they kick on from here i don't i'm under no illusions that they they will understand what they need to do i'm not convinced that this is a squad that can do it um i don't have the the full belief in the squad that they can lift our levels again to where they were last season i think we really do need a turnaround in the playing staff and a real overhaul and not just a couple of players here and there, but a, a real overhaul of the players that have been around for three seasons now, four seasons. Um, that's what, what it really needs to happen. But that can't happen until it'll, it'll, the work will start in January, but really the summer is where we'll see see the real stuff for that. And they're still we're kind of clinging on to some sort of title race by the by our coattails. But um, it's the, the Cups for me is where we really need to show that, that we are improving and can 
we need to lift silverware of some sort this season and the cups are the, the real opportunity if we're honest with ourselves um, and that's what we need to be looking at obviously we've got Aberdeen in the semi-final in three weeks time I think it is at, at Hamden um, I think I'd be expecting a very similar performance from Aberdeen if I'm honest potentially a slightly bigger park that plays into into our hands a little bit more and hopefully we have more more of the injured players back fit by that stage but it's going. To, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they play very differently against us than they do against Celtic. Yeah, well, I can see Carolyn here saying that Michael Beale said the game was a five out of ten. This post match, um, he's maybe been a wee bit too positive there. To be honest, I yes. don't know if I would give it a five out of ten. Um, I think the result was fantastic, but I just don't think the performance was there. And listen, not to go over all ground, uh, I agree with a lot what you've said there, Craig. I, I think your your view on the season is right in terms of the, the, the cup competitions and, and what we can do going forward. I think this is a big result for Michael Beale tonight. I think when he sits down tomorrow and the emotions out of the game and, and he can analyse the performance, I think he'll sit down and go, right, we weren't at our best and we've still managed to come away from Protodri with three points. Um, the, he wouldn't have been under pressure. Of course, he wouldn't have been under pressure if they didn't get the three points tonight. But this just gives him breathing space again. Um, and he can and he can sit down again and go, okay, well, these are all the things that we've, we've done well. We've managed to win the game. But these are the things we aren't doing well enough. And of course, as injured players come back into this team, I think you're going to see an uplifting performance. I think you're going to see Connor Goldson have a real influence on this team. Ben Davies looked pretty decent when he came on again tonight. I think I think there's a lot of positive signs there. And listen, we've got the result, and that's all that matters, especially going away to Aberdeen. There's nothing better than, than seeing the Rangers fans going mental after the result of that. So it was a great one. We'll finish up there, guys. Um, I, there's a couple of comments I just wanted to highlight quickly because I see a lot of people getting in touch. I've seen this one from Stevie B. New subscriber here. It's good to see a channel where the game gets broken down properly. You don't talk nonsense, at least. Well, that's the first time I think anyone said, Stevie B, that me and Craig don't talk nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. thanks very much. Um, I get told that in the daily, so I appreciate that. But I'm glad everyone's enjoying um, the, the streams and all the match reviews and match previews we're putting on. That's a whole uh, motive of the channel. We want everyone to get involved in it, so I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. Um, so I'm trying to think when we're back. We'll be, we'll be back for a, uh, a preview of the Ross County game later this week, won't we, Craig? Kyle's back tomorrow live okay. with the, the Wednesday bulletin. Um, we're hopeful of having a a Ross County post-match, but we're struggling for bodies because everyone is out getting drunk uh, ahead of Christmas. Um, so we're hopeful of um, a post-match against, against Ross County. We then have a, a little break over the over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. We'll be back with a post-match for the Motherwell game on the 28th, and then it's full steam ahead towards the, um, the Old Firm game on the 2nd, where we'll have a preview and then a post-match reaction pod to that as well. So that's just a bit, of a, a bit of a lighter schedule for us over the, the festive period, but we'll still be bringing podcasts over that that time and um, hopefully hitting the hitting the key moments anyway um, over the two weeks that will hopefully result in three more wins for Rangers over that period. Yeah, I'm glad you remember the agenda because I did not have that written down. So thanks very much. I'm glad you're here, Craig. Thank you. But yeah, you, you can find us on all the normal social media platforms, guys, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can follow, subscribe to the podcast on all the normal podcast platforms or back on there as well. So please give us a follow on there. Subscribe. Subscribe here at the YouTube channel as well. Give the video a like if you enjoyed the content. That really does help us out. And yeah, Craig, just left to thank you now. Thanks very much for joining me tonight. Yeah, I'm looking at everyone saying goodnight to everyone in the comments and just wondering what the hell is going on. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, been, um, it's probably time for time to... 
to head to bed. So uh, good night, Ross. Yeah, good night. I think they've been trying to get us off for a while, Craig. I think they've just been yeah. trying to carry it. They're, they're, they're sick of listeners. But yeah, thanks everyone for uh, getting involved tonight. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So yeah, three points in Aberdeen. See you in the next one. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.